Hey folks, before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you briefly about the ultimate podcast bundle that I've put together over at podcastbundle.com. It's more than $1,500 worth of awesome online courses, books, discounts, all kinds of cool stuff. And the price starts at $1. It goes up a dollar with each purchase and it's only available until the end of May. It ends May 31st at midnight and there's a contest component. Anyone who purchases the bundle is automatically entered to win a complete home studio worth $800 in and of itself. So go check it out, podcastbundle.com. This is The Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. What's up, my friends? Welcome to The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. Thanks for listening. This is episode 59, the second to last episode before we take a break. I am taking a break on the show, um, and I, I've thought a lot about that. I, I uh, you know, it was a difficult, it, it was difficult. I'll just put it that way. It was difficult because I know a lot of people really like this show, but I just need to take a break. You know, I've come to, I've really been, str- I've been trying to figure out for the last month, like, what do you do when you start to get burned out, especially with something like a podcast or a blog, or if your business is content related, what do you do when you start to get burned out? And actually, I, I spent a while talking to today's guest, Amy Porterfield, about that topic. So there's some good stuff coming. But I, you know, it comes down to either I would burn out and then just quit the show. And after a month or two, then I would miss it, though. And I'd want to do it again. And so I decided I just need to take a break for a month and and then, you know, come back refreshed. And you know, the, there's a whole, there's a lot of podcasts that do this season model versus just sort of a never ending, you know, the show comes out every week or every multiple times a week for infinity. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure which one I like better to tell you the truth. I think the different types of shows work better for different types of podcasts, but I don't know for this show, at least, um, maybe it would work better. In a, in a season based thing, because I find that I record conversations with people that I really want to talk to. And, you know, I work through some issues going on in my life. I work through stuff, figure some things out, say some things that I've wanted to say, talk to people. And, and then I'm done for a little while. I need a little break. And, and then I have other stuff that I want to talk about and other people that I want to talk to, but it's hard to keep that going, at least at the pace that I've set for myself here with a three times a week podcast. But I did that because I was diving in full time. You know, I don't know a lot of you who have been around since the beginning know this, uh, the newer people on board, the TGM train may not know, but 
I, I quit kind of the stuff that I was doing last year. I quit my job. I didn't, well, I was a freelancer. I worked for myself, so it wasn't really a job, but I quit doing that stuff to make this show full time and also make my podcasting course called Irresistible Podcasting. And the, that was the whole experience. I should, I should do an episode sometime on just the experience of creating that product and how different it was than I thought it was going to be things I wish that I would do could do differently or will do differently if I do it again. And just, just all the ups and downs through that experience. It was an amazing experience, but it definitely was not what I had expected. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's not that it was worse than I expected, but there's just a lot of stuff that happens. I mean, I don't have control over life. Anyway, all that to say, I've decided that I am taking a break from the show for at least a month because my new show is launching on Friday, and that's the Irresistible Podcasting show. It's a it's going to be a daily short burst Q&A format podcast answering podcasting questions. Uh, that's the stuff. I love podcasting. There's something about it uh, from my journalism background that appeals to me. I've always liked radio and newspapers and, and that kind of stuff. And, and I just, I love the, it's, it just feels magical in a way to be able to plug in a microphone because of the internet, to be able to plug in a microphone and broadcast whatever I want to say to the world. So I really like this stuff and I get a lot of questions about podcasting. And so I'm putting together this new show and it's launching on Friday, May 1st. And like I said, it's going to be a daily show and it's going to be answering those podcasting questions. And I really was not afraid, but there's definitely a part of me that really was stressing about this because I realized that a lot of you who listen to this show really don't care about podcasting as a medium or are interested in podcasting in and of itself. You like this show, you like the conversations that I have on the show, but this new thing I'm working on probably isn't, may not be something that you're going to be interested in. And I, I really struggled over that because it's like, I, I hate to, uh, you know, I don't want to leave you hanging. I, I want to make something else that, that people are going to like and that people are going to want to listen to. But I just feel like this stage of my career is focused on podcasting and the course also launches on Friday to the public. And uh, and so there's just a lot of things that are happening and, I, and I'm going to focus in on sort of the things that I'm, the content that I'm making is going to be more focused on the topic of podcasting because I really enjoyed making that course. I found that I really loved making those videos for the course and I love talking about podcasting and it's something that I want to do more of for right now. And a daily show is something that I've always wanted to try. And uh, yeah, I know what you're thinking. If, if three times a week is stressful, then daily, what am I thinking? But it's different. Okay. This, this kind of show is a conversation guest based show. Episodes are long and the, the new show is, is short. It's, it's 10 to 15 minutes max. So I think it's a good show though. And if you want to check it out, you can go to irresistiblepodcasting.com. All that's there right now is the sales page for my course, but that'll be changing on Friday and uh, the new podcast will be there. You'll be able to subscribe and I am doing some pretty cool stuff for the launch of it. I've got this bundle that if you are into podcasting, definitely check it out. Even if you're not that interested in the show, 
check it out because I've got this bundle that I put together with a lot of courses and books and just cool stuff that uh, I think would be useful to most of you, even if you're not uh, strictly interested in podcasting. If you're into online business, then you're going to be into this bundle. And I'm going to be selling it the same way I pre-sold my course in that the price will start at a dollar and it goes up a dollar with each person who purchases it. So uh, if you're if you're early and you get in early, you'll be able to get a couple thousand dollars worth of online courses and books and cool stuff for a couple bucks or if you're the first one for a dollar. So there you go. Anyway, that's what's happening. And on Friday's episode this week, there's going to be a little preview of uh, the new show. And I'll talk a little bit more about that bundle and, and, and stuff like that. So check back for Friday's episode. Today is the last guest-based episode of the show before the break. And I was lucky to be able to talk to Amy Porterfield. If you don't know who Amy Porterfield is, then you can go to amyporterfield.com and check out her podcast and her blog and her products and the stuff that she does. All of that will be linked up in the show notes at avclark.com slash 59. But uh, you can, you, yeah, so you can go there and, and I've got links to everything that we, we talked about in our conversation. But it was really cool getting to talk to her. You know, obviously I've heard her interviewed before. I've heard her give talks and I've listened to her podcast and uh, she's uh, she's just really good at this online business stuff. And I'll say that this conversation is definitely atypical for this show. I know that I'm used to having conversations that don't get very tactical or practical or down into the the, the nitty gritty of the business side of things. But that's just what I really wanted to talk to Amy about. Like she's re- a really successful person who has... Um, figured this stuff out. And and that's what I'm in the middle of in my life, trying to figure this stuff out. So if you are in online business at all, then I think you'll really enjoy this conversation because I just asked a lot of questions as if it were my own, you know, consulting hour, basically, um, about uh, how she does it and why she does it and what is working and what's not working. So it's a little bit different of an episode, but I thought it was a perfect one to uh, end on, even though there's going to be one more episode of the show, but it's the perfect one to wrap up the guest-based episodes of the show before the break. So I hope you enjoy it. We'll be right back in a minute with my conversation with Amy after this brief word from our sponsor. Jilly Matt is sponsored today by Harvest. Harvest is a business tool for time tracking, beautiful invoicing, and generating reports. I've used it for many years myself, and whether you're a freelancer or a large team, Harvest has you covered. I called up Danny Wen, one of the co-founders of Harvest, and issued him the 20-word challenge. Give me a Harvest and... 20 words or less without any buzzwords or, you know, industry speak, if you will. <laughs> I'll try my best. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I've been doing this. But um, OK, so Harvest uh, at, at its core is a time tracking and invoicing and now time planning application. So uh, we help um, 
anyone in professional services, uh, people in consulting and design and development, uh, really get a hold of their business, know where their time is going, and also bill for their time and get paid for it. So in a nutshell, that's, that's kind of what we do. Cool, except that was like 100 words. So. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, it's been a while, man. That's okay, that's okay. Okay, so maybe Harvest can't be summed up in 20 words, but it's an amazing tool, and it's probably the number one thing I could not live without in my business. If I had to cancel any of the handful of monthly services that I use, Harvest would be the last one to go. I love it. I use it almost every single day. And as a designer, it's a delight, an absolute delight to use. So go to getharvest.com and sign up. Your first month is already free and you can get 50% off your second month by using the promo code TGM. Again, that's getharvest.com and thanks to them for sponsoring the Gently Mad. As I said, I really enjoyed this conversation with Amy. It's hard not to just give away everything in the intro because it was a good one. A lot of uh, a lot of nuggets, if you will, to take away for a lot of takeaways in this episode. This is probably the first episode of The Gently Mad where there's a lot of takeaways. <laughs> so uh, that's what this was, though. So I had a fun time and we're going to get right into it. Here's my conversation with Amy Porterfield. Friday when we're recording this and I wanted to know like what like what are you what's going on today like kind of that's a weird way of saying what's what what does your day typically look like but I'm always interested with people who are truly in like like full-on you know content production marketing business and it's not a side project but you know everyone's days are so different and I'm just curious are you one of those people who's like literally working 12 hours a day and it's just insane or is it more more like people think it is when they first get into it <laughs> so it, it's funny that you're asking me this right now because we are gearing up for a launch in a few weeks and so okay. right now it is insane right now it is 10 hour days um and i will be working this weekend because of it and i'm in full content creation so writing the sales copy for the sales page writing the emails for the whole promo sequence that we're doing, finishing the product. So it is like all content creation, all hands on deck, yeah. long hours. And I wish it wasn't, but it is. Yeah. Do you, now is this a new product or is this a, a relaunch kind of this thing? This is a relaunch of the Profit Lab, but it used to be called Facebook Marketing Profit Lab. And mm -hmm. I've changed it to just the Profit Lab. So it's not only focused around Facebook, but there's a good component of Facebook in it. And because of that, all the copies changed and the logo and the look and feel and the messaging really had to change. So people didn't think they were only buying a Facebook marketing program, yeah. but it's more than that. So there's been a lot of tweaking going on. Well, I, I'm just curious about like the day, though, because I I mean, I've only been it hasn't even been a year since I've uh, been in this. But uh, my previous career was as a web designer. Uh, I worked for myself freelancer, you know, five or six years and that is almost like just having a job. You just do it for yourself instead of go to an office every day and you yeah. definitely have more responsibility. 
but getting into the I, I never know what to call it. I hate to call it content marketing because that almost it has it has different meanings for different people these days, but we'll just call it that. Um, okay. Content marketing where, you know, you're making products and selling, you know, uh, you make a living from the content you produce. Um, I'm always curious what what the day looks like. I like, do you spend most of your time writing emails or recording podcasts or writing blog posts or is it all the, you know, business administrative kind of stuff or, or just a mix? Well, in my first three years of business, it was definitely a mix where I was trying to have my hands in the admin stuff of everything and then trying to create the content. And I think that's very normal for people just starting out in business. Yeah. You don't have the funds, the resources, whatever, to hire a team to really manage it. And we all have to kind of get our hands in dirty just to know like what needs to get done. Now that I'm going on to my sixth year of business, now we have a project manager and I've hired a copywriter to help me. I have an admin that just kicks butt. And so now my admin and project manager are kind of moving things along where I truly can sit at my computer, write emails all day, sit at my computer, create the content. And that is it's life changing in that respect, but it's very hard to get there. It's been a, it's been a struggle to let go of all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm a better marketer because of it, but it took time and money to get there. So I'm glad I I kind of eased into it versus trying to have this team. And in the beginning, I couldn't afford it, quite honestly. Sure. All right, now, are these full time like em- employees of your company or? Or is it like the Chris Drucker, you know, the, you just got this infinite army of VAs out there. (laughs) I don't have that at all. So I have a 20 hour a week VA that probably is more time full time. I've got to look into that. And then a VA that's 20 hours that does just email. So she's answering all the email support questions, all that. So I've got um, uh, two people that make up a full time VA and then I have a full time project manager. So she is just mine, just works on my projects and typically only works on profit lab launches. And then I do hire out a design. I do have a designer from the Philippines. I'm sorry, not a designer, a programmer from the Philippines that just does small programming stuff, like things that we just need to get done now. He can get in there and knows what he's doing. And then I, I hire a contractor for a designer. So right now for the profit lab, I've had a designer who quoted me a project fee. And for the next two or three weeks, she's just working on every image we could possibly need for the profit lab. So that's, so I don't, I only have one part, uh, one full time. Okay. And, and speaking of that, I noticed that your, your website literally just changed. I, I swear I was on it a couple <laughs> days ago. It did. And yeah. when I pulled it up today to kind of prepare for this, it was different. So <laughs> we have a new header for a, a lead magnet we're doing for the profit lab. So yeah. that's just part of pre-launch. Yeah. But, but it's been what it was before for quite some Forever, time. Ever. Yes. Yeah. So I am now that I have a a team like the project manager is a new position. So now that I have a team in place and I'm trying to be smarter with my time, I am thinking about, okay, rebranding and and new opportunities for lead magnets and all that. It kind of frees up my mind a bit. And I didn't have to be the point person to get that live on my website for the first time ever. My team did it. So this is all very new to me that I'm finally getting in the groove. I probably took way too long to get there, though. Uh, Do you think that 
it'll probably start changing more often now? I mean, is this a new direction or it's just changed now and this is the way it's going to be for This is a, a new direction. We're going to, we're going to be making some changes, not only with branding, just with the amount of content. Like I'm finally doing my podcast once a week, yeah. whereas before it was very sporadic. So we actually did bring someone in. One person I did forget to mention is we brought in a writer who she is about 20 hours a week where she helps me write outlines for my podcast, writes the blog posts for my podcast. So she is different than a copywriter, um, but she allows me to free up some time. What what helps me is if someone can get it going, I can refine it and make it great. But if I'm sure. staring at a blank screen, it's going to take me a long time. I'm the same way. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, and that's why I like podcasting more than writing because I just can't, um, I, I've said it many times on the show, but I'm, I've, I'm an okay writer, but I just, I feel like I only have a few, I have a handful of good articles a year in me. And once they're yes. written, like once I've said what I need to say, it's just like, I don't, I have no idea like what to write next until it hits me again. Exactly. And it's very, it's very tough uh, to do that. But so, so your, your days are spent actually um, just making content, you know, what would you say, what's the. Is there a thing that takes up most of the time, whether it's writing emails or creating the podcast or, you know, yeah, the, what the podcast takes a lot of my energy and time, probably more so than it should, but I really want that content to be good. And I think of each one as like a mini training. So there's a lot of uh, thought that goes into those and just preparing. And I have my writer helping me, but still it takes a big chunk of my time. So I bet every podcast, me personally, it's taking at least at least three to four hours um, right now. And then also uh, things that take me a long time are my webinars, my free webinars. So Mm -hmm. for the Profit Lab, the one we start next early May, that probably will take me a good two weeks to fully dial in. All the slides look great. The story's right. The flow's right. That's all me. And so that's going to take me a good chunk of time. Yeah. And actually putting together the product, the outline, recording the videos, all the slide decks, the handouts, that's all me as well. I probably have my hands in too much. It's just really hard. I don't want a big team and I like to do the content. So taking me out of that, I feel like, well, then what am I in business for? Yeah. So there's a, there's a fine line that I'm walking right now trying to figure it out. Do you think, um, well, one question related to that, but really quick, do you think it would be possible for you or anyone to, um, do this just by themselves? You know, they, they don't want to, hire people or, or have VAs and they're okay with it being smaller and not, you know, making millions of dollars or whatever. Um, but just keeping it themselves and, you know, building an audience big enough to support themselves. I think that everybody needs some support. I think that it's not going to be the business that you had dreamed of if you try to do it all yourself. Yeah. And I think that we all are not the jack of all trade types and no one should be. And so when you try to do it all, you're actually taken away from the really amazing skill set and knowledge and talent that you do have in a few core areas. And so I think we always should strive to get to that area where we're spending most of our time on on our personal genius area that we can contribute and having other people in place to do the things that are just kind of sucking us dry of all creativity stressing us out and putting us in a place that we're spending time somewhere where we just really shouldn't be. What are those things for you though? Is it the, the businessy kind of tasks? 
yes, it's the things like finding a designer to create this specific image and changing something on a sales page that I need to find somebody to do it for me or um, scheduling webinar dates, putting in into the calendars, reaching out to the affiliates. Like I, I do that. And then I have to stop myself and think, okay, this is not the best use of my time. And it frustrates my team because they're there for a reason. They want to feel wanted and needed and, and do a great job. And here I am just steamrolling over what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I've got a great assistant who says, Amy, I'm here to do that. So you need to give that to me. And she reminds me lovingly, but aggressively to say, okay, that's not yours, Amy. And I have to remember that. Yeah. This was a question that I asked um, Pat Flynn on an earlier episode of the show, but like, it's really, it's tough to know, like, how did you know when you were there? Like, okay, because in the beginning it was just you, you had to do it all. And it almost feels like um, that you're, you never reach a point where it's like, okay, now I need to hire people. It, it almost feels like you have to do it before you think you're ready for it. I, I don't know. It's just, it's yes. a very difficult place to be in. And I just wonder what that, when, um, timing wise, was that stage for you? And, and what was that like? Like, how did uh, you? Great question. I've it? never been totally confident with hiring anybody, meaning it felt like a stretch to me. It was a lot of money that was going to be coming out of our profits. Um, and, I wasn't sure if it was the right thing. I always went with my gut and, and deep down I knew it was needed. And I've done, as long as I do the work to find the person, if they're recommended to me or I have them do a task and I can see how they work or anything like that, as long as I put the work into finding them and getting the right person in the right seat, I know that it's going to be fine. But I feel like every hire I've made, I've never been 100% ready to hire them. And I think that's normal in our world as entrepreneurs. You have to do it a little bit before you're ready and then you ease into it. And together you guys kind of make that work. At least that's how it's always happened with me. So my first VA, I was thinking, what the heck am I even going to give her to do? Um, The project manager, very nervous of giving up what I had done for the last four or five years myself. Um, But I do think that like I said, if you want to focus on the area that is going to make the biggest impact in your business, in the lives of your clients, you've got to give some of it up. Yeah. Well, what, what experience made you think I've, I've got to hire someone, you know, or let me put it this way. How long when you decided to do this stuff that you're doing, did you, was it just you before you brought in any help? So at least a full year into my business before I brought in any help. And then what I did is brought in a VA for like 15, maybe 10 to 15 hours a week. And I did that for a while until we started seeing a bigger need for her to do more. So then she upped her hours. Mm. And then over time, we realized she was great at content creation. So we moved her over to a different role and she helped me find the VA, VA I have now, Trevinia. So Rebecca was my first VA. Rebecca helped me find Trevinia. So then we kind of slowly started to expand the team. It definitely took a while to get there. Yeah. Do you think, are, are you busier than you thought you would be? I mean, we've just kind of jumped way into the middle. Like I didn't ask anything about like how you started doing what you're doing. But um, I know that a lot of the people that I talk to, they kind of think of the of being an entrepreneur, starting a business, especially an online content focused business as um sort of a ticket to freedom and and then then you get into it and in some ways it's like um man sometimes that nine to five looks a lot more appealing than it used to because it was like you know you're done at a certain time and you're done but this never ends you know 
never ends. And especially for a lot of us who have offices in our home, it is like calling your name every single day, any hour of the day and night. So I thought I would work a lot less working with Tony Robbins and spending literally like 60 hours a week at work or on the road. I thought this was going to give me the freedom in terms of hours. And it didn't for sure. I was very surprised, like, holy cow, this is insane. Now, here's the thing, though. It's a different type of pressure in terms of the hours you're spending because you are your own boss. You're doing it to yourself. So what happened was in the beginning, those first few years, I worked a lot, a lot of hours. And I got to the point that I definitely felt burnt out. Like, wait a second, this is not what I thought it was going to be. But at the same time, I had created a business I love. I was doing the work I loved. I was calling the shots. So it kind of compensated for all the crazy hours. But at a certain point, finally, my husband kind of came to me and said, like, this is insane. We've got to change something. You're literally on your computer every minute of the day. So I made the conscious effort to say, "Okay, I'm going to back away and just know that my business will be okay, even when I'm not in front of the computer frantically working. And I think we need to force ourselves to step away and realize let's create the life that we thought we would have if we started our own business. It's easy to not create that. It's easy to become a monster worker in your business. So it's a very conscious effort to step away. Yeah. Well, when you said in the beginning there, you you were burned out, but you were doing the thing you loved. Like, what was that thing? Like when this all started and you started your own thing, um, what was it? What was the thing that you were making income from? Oh, great question. I thought I was leaving my corporate job to create online training programs. But what happened was I needed money. I didn't have a big savings. And a lot of people were saying, Amy, could you do my social media? And we have this company and we need help with social media. So I became a social media consultant, not on purpose. It just, the opportunities came. I needed the money. I wanted the experience. So I said yes to everything that came my way in that first two years. The problem was I didn't want to be a social media consultant. So I started to get frustrated. Like, what the heck am I doing? So about two years in, after having about eight or nine clients at a time, I realized this is not what I set out to do. I have an online training program I want to create. And so I kind of shifted gears, worked on that, got it launched and actually kind of fired my consulting clients. Yeah. And is that, and is that what you have been doing that's how you've been supporting yourself since then is actually the selling of the products and making of content. Yeah. So the a hundred percent of my revenue now comes from the trainings that I sell online. So I have a few different online training programs. I don't do any consulting. I don't do any one-on-one coaching. Um, I don't do any speaking really anymore once in a while, but I don't do it to make money. And so a hundred percent of what I make is through my online trainings, or I should say, I shouldn't say a hundred percent, probably a good 30% are, is affiliate marketing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause like you, so you have client experience and you know, that's what I did. And I did the same kind of thing. I just decided one day, um, you know, the, the last five years have just been the same, you know, it, it's, it's in the only way that the next five are going to be different. You know, I've got to do something different. So I just decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. So I, I basically, quit doing any client work and just dove into creating this stuff. But it's, it's a weird, I don't know if you ever had this feeling like you wake up when you're doing client work, if you need money or need more money, you just go get some more clients. But when you're (laughs) selling the content you produce and you need more money or you're in a situation where you're like, ah, I've got to get some more income flowing in. It's like, 
well, what do I do? Do I just make another podcast? You know, it's like uh, it's sometimes it's like um, and it, it feels different than any other kind of job that I've ever done. You're I don't know so if that right. Makes sense. It does make sense. And I'm so glad you brought this up because I'm like in knee deep in this concept right now. Yeah. So not to promote a product for, I just want to tell you something that I've been creating. So with the profit lab, it is all about creating a marketing system in your business. So you don't have to hustle to find your next client. So I cater to people that have online training programs or some kind of product service um, even people that are consulting, but service product program kind of thing. Yeah. And I teach them how to create a marketing system in their business so that they're continually every single day creating a space for great, valuable content, getting people on their email list, using email marketing to move them into their funnel to sell their programs. Mm -hmm. And I created it that way because I too had that feeling like I can't hustle everywhere to try to keep getting people to buy my programs or even when I was a consultant finding more clients, I wanted to kind of eliminate that hustle, but I also didn't want a system that had tons of bells and whistles because I wasn't there yet. My, yeah. I, my mind couldn't even wrap my head around that. So with that, I think that everybody should have some kind of marketing plan, marketing system that moves social media followers and fans to become customers. That eliminates that feeling like, holy cow, I don't have enough money this month. I've got to sell more products. Yeah. And it is, it is very strange. Yeah. It's, it's a weird feeling, especially when like for me, my, my full-time thing for the last seven months or so has been making the show and making a course about podcasting like everyone, <laughs> everyone has a course these days, but, um, but the show, you know, provides income from sponsorships and stuff like that. And whenever you get in a pinch and you're like, I need some more money, it's just, it's like, uh, what do I do? You know, maybe I launch another show or, you know, how, you know, um, I have to come up with something else to get a sponsor for, you know, it's just a lot more, some, I've found myself in a situation feeling it just is a lot more complicated than it used to be when it was just, well, I just need to get another client. You know, um, that was pretty simple at the time. It didn't feel simple, but it feels simple now compared to, you know, when all your money is coming from the content you make you know, how do you just make more content necessarily? So, but your first product was not this, right? It was focused on face Facebook or, or is this the same? What, like, so what, yeah, tell me that. Great the, the question. Evolution of so, your products. Yeah. So when I came out on the scene and social media consulting and all that good stuff, I got a great opportunity to work with social media examiner, Mike Stelsner yeah. on his Facebook page for his website. And so I did this with Mike and we grew it to 30,000 fans really, really quickly. And I documented what worked. And then I started to guest blog in different places about Facebook marketing and how to use it. And I got a book deal with Wiley about it called Facebook marketing all in one for dummies. So right away I was just, you know, in that Facebook marketing niche, I was known yeah. for Facebook marketing and that was great. It was so fantastic to start my career off and, and get a platform. The thing is, I haven't always just wanted to be about Facebook. So that's why I started my podcast all about just online marketing in general. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've gotten more sophisticated and, and skilled in terms of creating a marketing plan using Facebook, but not putting all your eggs in one basket with Facebook in order to generate more sales. And so just recently, the Facebook Marketing Profit Lab, which was my program, changed to just the profit lab. And for two reasons, one to allow me to serve my clients in a new way beyond just Facebook, but two, to also 
allow me to enjoy what I'm doing and teach in different ways and not be necessarily always pigeonholed for just Facebook. So yeah. it was kind of a win-win for me and my students. But you'll see like as as your business grows over time, you definitely will evolve. You'll want to teach different things, talk about different things, lead your audience a different way because you know it's the right way to lead them. And so you have to just kind of allow yourself. It's very scary. Like to say that my program title has changed and, and the focus has changed a bit scares me because I know my audience wants Facebook, yeah. but I also know they shouldn't just be focused on Facebook. So it's my responsibility to get them to understand that shift and why it matters for their business. So it's all evolving for sure. So is this a whole new, did you rewrite the whole thing? Uh, Cause it sounds like it's, it's com- a completely different focus. So I, I re- recorded all the videos again, but there's still a huge focus on Facebook. I believe that anybody with a marketing plan should have a big component of Facebook advertising in their plan. And so there's still a huge part of Facebook, but I also have brought in experts to teach Pinterest and Instagram and YouTube and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've put more of a focus on how to find your target market inside any social media platform and how to position your product with your core message. Those are things that just weren't there. So I should say I've enhanced it. I haven't totally thrown out the Facebook focus. I see. Okay. And so, because it's interesting too, that that does seem to be a trajectory that a lot of people, you know, they start with something that they're good at. Maybe for you, it was social media. Um, For me, maybe it's podcasting or web design or whatever. And they, they make a success of that. And then they find, you know, at least I find that, you know, people um, then want to know how to do what you did. They're not necessarily interested in the thing that you're talking about. They want to know how you made it yes. successful. And so, so many people seem to move in that trajectory of everyone is now teaching, you know, how to do online business away from the thing that they actually started, which was a specific skill. Um, and sometimes I wonder if that's good or bad, you know, cause it seems like just so many people are going that direction and everyone has their own personality, their own way, thing they bring to it. I don't know. Do you, do you ever think about that? I do. It's, it's interesting because that's exactly what happened to me. Most of the time I'm talking about how I've grown my online business using these strategies that I teach. So people yeah. do want to know more about how you've done it, take them behind the scenes. And, and I love that. I don't know about you, but I love talking about that stuff oh, yeah. and, and applying it to like, yeah, this really has worked and here's what I've done and here's where I've messed up and all that good stuff. Um, but I do think that everybody kind of has their own, um, own thing that they bring to the table in terms of how it's worked and what they've done. I mean, the fact that you have this business that's growing around podcasting and teaching people how to do it and what you've done is so dramatically different than what I'm teaching. But at the same time, we both get to just really teach what we love and what we know. And I think that's the coolest thing you could do. Well, what is it that what see for me, the the reason that I'm doing this is because I didn't want to do client work anymore. And the thing I really liked doing was talking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, honestly, I mean, that's it as I I really like talking to people and I wasn't sure how I could make an income doing that. And um, I don't know what, what do you consider yourself like, um, is, is it the teaching aspect? Like if you weren't in online business, what would you be doing? Oh, let's see. So it is, it's the creating the curriculum and teaching it. That's what I love the most. And so if I could kind of wipe out everything else, 
I would, well, I do. I'm actually starting to enjoy copywriting for my sales pages and emails only because I finally feel like I really get my audience. It's taken me a while to know who they are and what they're about. So now I feel like I could freely write to them. Um, but the teaching is what I truly love. So if I wasn't doing this, I'm going to guess that I probably would be somewhere in that field. However, I will say this. I also come from a background in corporate that I managed teams and projects and pieces, you know, moving pieces along. I'm like crazy organized and that's just kind of my thing to a fault probably. And so I say that because I could also see myself being in corporate. If I never knew what it meant to be an entrepreneur and totally blinded to all this greatness, I might still be in corporate and as like, um, running projects and moving them forward. And I say that because I have to be careful because I like that. I want to do it in my business. I gravitate toward it and it throws me off focusing on the things that I really, really in contributing because there's somebody else that can do a great job of managing my projects, moving them forward and keeping that all organized. There's not somebody else in my business that can add my own flair and personality and skill set and knowledge to the trainings that I create. So when you're building your business, you got to think, yeah, I'm good at five of these things, but where can I just not be replaced? And that tends to be our content creation, training, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, how did you come to that? I mean, it was it, have you, have you always been very entrepreneurial or interested in making things um, like businesses or products or whatever, um, or did it take time uh, for you to figure that out? Um, like what, when you were in college, um, what, what were you thinking you were going to do with your life? So I'm a hundred percent and I did not come from an entrepreneurial mindset and which is very weird. I never thought I'd have my own thing. I never thought I'd create stuff like this in college. I would have said I would have been a president of a corporate company, like or of a corporation. So I always had the corporate mindset. Yeah. I always thought I would just work my way up the ladder And what happened was being in corporate for so long, I got really burned out and working for Tony Robbins. It's an amazing experience. And the guy is on fire 24 hours a day. Like he never quit. So it's very hard to have a real life outside of, you know, the guy's changing the world. So you can't fault him for being passionate about that. So you get sucked into it and everything else in your own personal life kind of goes to the wayside. So when I started to feel that I realized I can't keep doing this. However, at the time I got really lucky because I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. I got lucky and I sat in a meeting where a bunch of online marketers that were doing amazing things in the space talked about their lifestyle, the freedom they had, the time they spent with their family, the fact that they got to call the shots and create their own thing. And I was like a fly on the wall in this meeting with Tony and thought, what the heck are they doing? Like, I need to know more about their lifestyle. And in that moment, I said to a really good friend of mine at Robbins, I said, I have no skill that would translate into my own business. I was telling her, you're so lucky. You're a writer. You could be, you could (laughs) write for a bunch of different people and do all that. I have nothing. And of course she looked at me like you're crazy because everybody has something that they could bring out into the world as, um, as their own thing. So over the next year, I started to think about it. I got that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial bug, like I might want to do my own thing. And then I started to investigate what could I do? I never knew that I would be really good at creating online training programs and delivering them. I definitely found myself inside my own company. It wasn't something I knew I had right from the get go. What is it that you really love about what you're doing? And, And the reason I ask that is because I've had half a dozen different 
careers. And I just have always loved, um, I love figuring things out. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And so for me, it's like, Hey, I wonder if I could make some money with this. I mean, it's podcasting is the thing right now because that is a topic that I actually really enjoy, but it's not really about the podcasting. It's about, can I make this a success? Can I make this work? And there's things I don't know here. So I want to figure this out and learn how to do it. And probably once I've done that, I'll, I'll be tired of it. You know, it's, there's just something about the the learning and figuring out a new experience for me. I think for me, if we got really down to the, the brass tacks of it, like raw, real, it's that I like to create something by my own design, whether that be my business as a whole, or whether that might be a profit lab training. Like the fact that I got to do it. I think for me, for so long, people were telling me what to do. I've been in corporate for so long and I'm a rule follower. And so, you know, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'll do that. I'll do this. I wanted yeah. to be really good. I, I, I pride myself on my good work and hard work ethic. And so all of that, I think became too much. Like, Oh, I just want to, I just want to break out so bad. And we hear the word freedom as an entrepreneur all the time. And quite honestly, I wanted that, but truly I wanted to create something by my own design. So now when I get up in the morning and I think, what am I doing today? Nobody is telling me what to do. And that gives me so much confidence to know like, all right, Amy, you've got to make this work. What are you going to do? I push myself to think in different ways. I, I am constantly learning from books and different training programs from yeah. other people. And that's what I like. I like that part, the design part, the creation part. And I never, ever think of myself as being really creative, mm -hmm. um, but I love that. So I must have some creativity in me because that's where I thrive. <laughs> well, I mean, I ask because for me, most of the time I relate it mostly to music because I've had a music background and been in a band. I just feel like at various stages of my life, there's things that I want to say and I need to say them. And in this stage, it's, um, it's online business and podcasting in a previous stage, it was journalism and, you know, but they're all connected to just, um, like some inner need of mine to explore and discover new things. And that's what I was trying to figure out was like, if you are real, if you really gravitate toward the teaching or helping people or, you know, the, the marketing tactics, um, you know, or, or what it is that really provides that, um, purpose, I guess, that that's bigger than just the actual thing you're working on this month or, or this year. I think that's so important because some people come to me with these ideas, like I really, really, really want to help women, um, explore their adventurous side in the wild. Yeah. And so, and then I think, okay, great. But do you have any idea if there's a true market for that? And do you have any idea if, if that's going to work? And so sometimes I think people get really, really specific on what they want to do, forgetting that it's not just about them. So for us, like you want to explore these new things and see what you can do and what you can create. And for me, I just love designing things by my own, on my own. Um, that allows us to have so many more opportunities. So looking at it in a different way, you know, like I might not be teaching Facebook down the road. You yeah, might not be, be teaching podcasting. Yeah. I think that we're in the lucky ones because we are open to what it might look like years down the road. Yeah, exactly. Are you a very, you know, you said you're very detailed. I don't know that I'm very detailed. I'm very OCD, which I think is a little bit different, but, um, do you have like the, the, 
five-year plans and the, you know, the really rigid routines and everything? Um, or, or I is don't it just, at yeah, all. I don't, see, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a year by year. I, I have gotten better just this last year, quite honestly, of like, okay, this is what our year is going to look like. And I know what's coming down the pipeline all year. First time I've ever done that. And now I'm getting into past five years of my business. But I don't think that we need to have a five-year plan. I personally don't. I mean, I don't even think that's fun to even think about. Like, I just like to see how yeah, it's, it's going to go. It's not. But for the first time in my life, it, it's a little scary, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Because in all the previous careers, like, I, I, I didn't think about, like, well, what's next year? Well, it's the same as this year. You know, I, I get more <laughs> clients doing that thing. But since I've fully kind of decided to leave that behind and figure out this online business content marketing stuff sometimes it's um it's actually a lot scarier than it used to be because like i have no idea what next year will be you know or i have no idea what you know how i'm going to make money nine months from now i know how i'm trying to make it this month and next month and hopefully this will pan out or that'll pan out but there's no clear sort of career path if that makes sense so for me, it's a little bit different because the way I look at it is I have now mastered the the art of creating money online with online training programs. I know what it takes. I know what goes into it. I know how to automate it. And I know that I can make money teaching whatever it is that I'm teaching. I know that that's my skill set and that's where I could apply it to make money. So someone asked me the other day, if you lost all your money today, what would you do tomorrow? And I said, I would create an online training program, get it online, build out my funnel. Like I know what it takes. And it's taken me a while to say that. But for me, I feel like I have endless opportunities down the road. Every year I can only get better, make it better, bigger and better and do what I want where I never feel like I don't know where the money's coming from. And I think that has changed my confidence because I really struggled with confidence in the beginning. Who am I to be doing this? What the heck? I've been behind the scenes for my whole life with work kind of stuff. So I struggled with the confidence and what if someone thinks I'm a fraud or I don't even know what the heck I'm doing. And for a long time when I'd make money online, I would think this is a fluke. There's no way that's going to happen again. That was for many years. And you know who else said that? I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but I love this man so much and he does amazing things. But Michael Hyatt shared that one time. Like sometimes I think, I think he doesn't think this now, but years ago thought I just made X amount of money with this program. That was a fluke. And you're thinking Michael Hyatt, this guy knows his stuff. So I think we all struggle with that. Yeah. And, but it's interesting that you said that though. So, I mean, um, that's the thing you really like doing is making these products, these online products. And it could really, I'm getting from you that it could be about any topic. Is that, is that true? Like you could. Yeah. If I knew it well. Yeah. Yeah. But so when you say like the future is not necessarily uncertain for you, that's because you know how to make an online training product and how to sell it. And, and, um, and, and you would, and you would just do that. Like, I'm curious to know if you had a completely clean slate, you know, um, if you would still pick Facebook and marketing as your topic, you know, um, or, you know, if you had a completely clean slate, so you weren't known for something, you didn't have the baggage of that, you could, you could pick anything to build a course around. Would you still pick what you're doing or maybe do something different? Oh, that's such a good question. I would 
still teach online marketing. I do have a passion. I do love everything about it. Like if you let me sit in the cat on the couch for three hours and gave me a great business book, like I'd be a happy girl. So yeah. online marketing for me is where it's at. I'd be amazed, although you never say never for you to see me in five years where I'm teaching something totally different. Yeah. Um, but I still, so yeah, it probably would be that for you. Are you a little bit not sure where that might go? You probably quite honestly, let me be very honest. I don't have tons of hobbies and talents. Yeah. And so I think I'm good at a few things and that's where I, I really apply myself. You seem more creative, you know, music well, you know, these different topics. So I'm going to guess in five years, you could be doing something totally different and just kicking butt. It could be, yeah, it could be totally different because my interests change. And for me, the fun of something is learning new things and figuring out new things and how they work. So business is, is more just a means of, I wonder if I could make money from this. And it's just the discovery aspect of it. And that's why I love podcasting. And that's why this show can often be a little bit all over the place because it's really just whatever I want to talk about. But your show is is a bit more focused, I think, or or does it tend to be kind of the Amy Porterfield show? So it definitely is very focused in on the online marketing. What I do is each episode I create for my podcast, I look as like this mini training and it's all focused around some kind of online marketing type of thing. I'm I'm a business kind of minded person. Like it's always yeah. on my mind. And I've made an effort to find the topics that my audience really, really needs and wants. And so I don't do a lot of interviews only because I don't think I'm really great at interviews. I feel uncomfortable the whole time. And so, um, (laughs) it's kind of like when you, this women can relate to this the most, well, maybe men, but like when you get older and, um, my mom, she's in her sixties and she says like, she could care less what people think. She knows what, who she is, what she's doing. And she just goes on that path. Well, I feel like as I evolve in business, I know what I need to do. I know where I'm going to make the biggest impact. So I just go for it. And so that was what works for me. Now I know for you and your podcast episodes, you'll go off on a total tangent that is really interesting. People love it. And it kind of breaks away from the regular same old, same old. And that works for you. Yeah, it's not at all about um, tactics or like specific takeaways or anything like that. It's it was just truly just me having a conversation with someone I want to have a conversation with. And it can be about anything. And that's why, like with you, like there's some very specific, like I wanted to know like what your day is like and how you do this stuff that you do with these courses and, and things like that. But then, you know, um, I had my wife on one episode, you know, and that was a very different episode. And I'll have a, I'll have someone else and we would talk about Seinfeld for 45 minutes and it still relates to business. It, it always is about business, but it's never about um, like yours. It's never about a takeaway or a specific thing that we're going to learn in this episode. Yeah, we um, have very different podcasts, which is so cool that both of them are really well received because people just like the variety. I'll be honest, like I'm in a and my show often turns into, you know, Adam's therapy hour. It could have been called that, too. But um, it's I'm definitely hitting like the burnout stage. And I'm curious to know, like what you do in that situation. So I definitely have to turn to people around me that just believe in me and are my biggest cheerleaders. So my husband and my mom are people that I just confide in a lot. So sometimes I just need to talk it out. Like this isn't working and here's why, and this is how I'm feeling. So maybe that's the emotional side of me, but 
first of all, just vocalizing like I am burned out and I'm not enjoying this process. But the second thing is I have people in my business and people I confide in and mastermind with that will say, okay, so what are we going to do about this? And I'm an action kind of girl. So what tends to happen is, do you have the right people in place to support you? So you're not feeling burned out. What are you doing? That's taking up all your time and making you feel this way. So for me, it usually means I need to either expand my team, not necessarily with five part or five full-time people or anything like that. I never want a big team, but there's some people that probably need to come in and help me and take over some things. Or for me, it's usually that I'm not managing my team correctly because I'm trying to do it all and not let them do it. My control side gets over, takes over. So then I have to talk to my team. Like this isn't what's working. And I ask them for solutions. Like how can you help me? So I don't feel this way. And they love it. They're all over it. They've wanted me to ask them. So there's, there's, There's things that you can do in your business, small tweaks that will allow that burnout to go away, but you've got to ask for help. Was there, has there been a, a period that comes to mind in the six, did you say six years? Yeah, almost, almost six years. And there was a time a couple summers ago, I, all I wanted to do in August was lay on the couch and do nothing. And there were (laughs) probably a good three weeks. I don't know what happened. I just couldn't do it anymore. And what that meant were some blog posting get out. And at the time I wasn't podcasting regularly. So it just meant we went longer without some podcast and I wasn't in mode for a launch. So it wasn't like anything was falling to pieces, Yeah. but sometimes you've got to just do that. It's not the most glamorous thing. And I wouldn't necessarily suggest it strategic wise, but we're human. And sometimes you just can't keep working. And I know many people that have said like, I just need a break my business, it will be fine. As long as that break's not too long, it will be fine. But one mistake I made during that time is that every day I felt like I should be working. And then I made the decision. I just can't do it today. Whereas I wish I said, I'm taking three weeks off and I'm not going to work. And I'm going to declare that that's okay. And when I came back, I probably would have been better than I was. So that's one thing, giving yourself permission. Yeah. Have, have you, I'm guessing, you know, like you said, if we, if we were to start all over, it would, it would be creating, um, an online training product, um, getting back to that. Well, this is two questions. So I'll ask you the first one. Um, what can you give me like the brief sort of, um, um, what, what are the, what are the steps that you would take, uh, to do that? Because if you were to start all over and you didn't have any money, you know, the goal would be to, not be sort of going paycheck to paycheck month to month. And I think so many people who are self-employed are stuck there. You know, I'm stuck there. I've been stuck there many times in my life. Um, so what would that process be for you? Um, the other question was about your, your daily sort of routine, but if you were starting over tomorrow, what would that process be? And, and how long do you think it would take you before, you know, the system was in place that, you know, th- things were, you weren't worried about uh, paying the bills at the end of the month. Mm, that's a difficult question. I mean, so, can it be boiled down like that? I mean, I mean, do you feel like you've got a handle on this online marketing training funnel system that you could replicate it? It's just steps one through 12 or is it always different and there are always variables? The variables is the person that's doing it. So their style, their personality, what they want. But I will say that my husband's a firefighter and he's always wanted to create an ebook or some kind of program around how to get hired. It's really convoluted and confusing. So when he was getting hired, he thought, I wish someone would write a really good guide to this. So him and his captain just recently, literally about probably two months ago, decided they're going to do it. 
And so I've been a big part of it because I know what needs to get done. So I say all of this because I was very clear with them. We start with a cheat sheet or a free giveaway. We get on Facebook and find your target market. We market this cheat sheet through Facebook ads. We grow your email list through email marketing. We're going to write a series of emails that get people to buy your ebook. From there, we're going to upsell them into one-on-one Skype calls that they get to talk with real firefighters about how to get hired. And this is just, just launching. And I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to be making money within a month because I know what it takes. So I think if I were to start all over again, I would start with just what they're doing. I would put a bigger emphasis on growing my email list and putting out really great, valuable, free content. I think that's extremely important. And, and if the more you create free content, let's say on a blog, you become really clear on where your specialty is and what you want to talk about and what's going to get the, the greatest traction. So starting with a blog and getting free content out there, focusing only on growing your list and moving that list into become customers. Now you've got a little bit of money to work with to expand in any way you want. Sure. I know it sounds very simple and there's, it's taken them a while to get it all together, but it's taking them very, very little money. I'm going to guess less than $2,000 to launch this. And it will also allow them to see what works and what doesn't, and they can expand from there. So to me, I think that's what I probably would do. Yeah. Well, in that stage, that beginning stage, and maybe the stage you're in right now where you're preparing for a launch, you know, that it, it's a lot of work, like you said, and, and a lot is going into it. But um, once you kind of have the system in place, what what do your days look like in, in that stage? Um, like, is it the freedom you thought it was going to be in terms of time or still like for me, entrepreneurialism has always been like chaos. Like one day my CPA said to me, do you like chaos? You know, he was just like, it seems like you like it because you just uh, seem to invite it. And I'm just like, I don't know. This is just the only way I know how to do things is where everything is uh, chaotic and I've got a million things to do. Okay. So here's the deal. It does get better if you make the effort to make it better. So I have a silent partner in my business, someone that just kind of works behind the scenes with me. And he is really um, just a genius at systems and processes. So every day he's pushing me to say, okay, we need a system for this so that you don't feel so crazy. So I'm an emotional girl. I wear my heart on my sleeves and he doesn't. He is just like black and white. Here's what we do. And that's why I wanted him to come in and kind of help me with things as my business became really, really big. And what I've learned from him is that every time I feel chaotic, I feel like things are crazy. I feel super stressed out or overwhelmed or just emotional in general, just like I want to sit and cry. When I have those feelings, anytime I voice them to him, he'll say, okay, so what needs to happen to change this right now? Who do we know? How can you get help? It kind of comes back to asking for help and getting the right people in place. So I'll tell you, and I really mean this, there is no reason why our businesses need to feel chaotic every single day, but it does take discipline in the mindset that I've got to plan at least for the next three months, what's going to happen. And then I do not say yes to anything else. You'd be amazed how much I say no to now versus I said yes to everything those first three years. And I hated it. Yeah. I wasn't a nice person. What is that? (laughs) Uh, That's hard to imagine. Actually, (laughs) I was. I'm kind of always nice. I shouldn't say that about myself, but I didn't want to be nice. I had to force it a little. (laughs) Well, like, so that three month plan, 
Like, what what does that look like? I, um, I'm I'm I, yeah. I'm I'm not trying to just get um I like ultra it. No, specific, I like this but but yeah, like you know, is every day for the next three months. This is what I'm doing this day. This is what I'm doing that day, or is it not that granular? It basically what happened with us is we put everything into a sauna. You can use any kind of project management right. Trello. Uh, what's that base camp? Anything. Mm-hmm. But for us, it meant, okay, for the next three months, every project we're working on goes into Asana and all the tasks that go into it go into Asana as well. This took a few days to do, and it took anybody on my team that could help to fill in the blanks. But once we had that in place, my assistant was clear that I didn't have a bunch of things on the calendar. Like this interview here is the only one I'm doing today. And I wasn't going on trips or anything like that. And then it was heads down. But really what helped is each week I decide this is what I'm getting done this week. So I can only do it in five day increments basically. And just knowing what's on my plate and every day I'm clear, there's like three things on my list and that's all. Cause I used to do like 10 things on my list every day. I didn't finish them and that feels horrible. So now it's like, okay, today, like for me, for instance, today I have this interview I have one other thing that I promised um, Pat Flynn I'd go to his live event and speak for 30 minutes. So that was kind of an anomaly. I'd normally say no, but it's Pat Flynn and I love that man. So I'm going to go do it. But other than that, the only thing I'm allowed to work on today is getting the sales page copy done. So Travinia knows that if she needs other stuff, keep them away from me until Monday when I can be done with this. So you have to be like a soldier with that. And sometimes that's not fun for people because they're like, I don't want that much you know, regimented like task list. But if you want to not be crazy, you kind of got to get crazy like that. Yeah, it's very true. Cause I'm that way. I'm like, no, that's why, that's why I don't have a job because I don't want to have, um, every single hour of my day scheduled out, but almost, I don't know if it has to be every hour, but, um, if, if I don't do that, then, um, just nothing happens, you know? Yes. You're so right. You just hit it on the head. Nothing tends to happen and you feel really bad about it. It's not a good feeling. Yeah. So I have to say, I go to bed at night feeling like, wow, I got a lot done today. But one more thing I'll add to that is when I get crazy like this, like every day, I know exactly what I'm doing. I can promise you after my launch is done in end of May, I've got a stretch of time where I am not doing anything. I've got to celebrate, take time with my husband because he'll be fully neglected in May and he knows that (laughs) and we talk about it in advance. But then it's time to like, okay, let's get back to normal. So your business doesn't have to always be in crazy launch mode or anything like that or I'd go crazy. How many times a year do you, or maybe it's just once? Two times, two Two times times a year. year. Okay. So May and October. And, and now that we've done the launch a few times, now it's more like tweaking versus starting from scratch. Sure. This one's a little different because the whole focus has been changed a bit, but it's typically not like that. And yeah, two times a year. And that's all I can do. And next year, quite honestly, it'd be great if it was just once I'd rather an automated business than a business that relies on live launches. I think it's a whole different, right? It's a whole different energy. Yeah. And it, is yours, yours sounds like it's, it's kind of in the middle there. Like it is. And I, and it's probably, it's more, more of my revenue comes from live launches than automated revenue. And that is going to change next year for sure. So yeah. if you're just starting out in your business, anybody listening, or you've been in it for a few years, I would start to really think, how can I automate more of what I'm doing? So that if you want that free time, I could tell you if my business is more automated next year, I will have so much more free time to do what I want, whether it's create more content or go spend time with my family, whatever I want to do. So automation to me is what it's all about. 
And I was going to ask you, between the two launches, um, is it like, you know, the one launch will finish here at the end of May and then you have to start preparing for the one in October or, or it doesn't take, you know, um, you know, you, do you start preparing for the next one right after the one ends um, or how long do you prepare for each one? So we prepare a good, probably one, one full month, maybe 45 days in advance. Okay. This yeah. one probably was a little longer due to the shift. But typically within 45 days, I should be able to get up and running and fully launch based on because I've done it so many times. So that means that we really won't dive in again till probably August, mid-August. Yeah. So we have some time in there to kind of chill out a bit. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And yeah. so um, do you think you're what uh, is there? A, a resource. I don't know if that's the right question, but, you know, you've talked about, you know, how you've kind of mastered this, um, you know, online training product system thing, you know, whatever it right. is. Um, uh, is that what you're getting more into or where do you send, like, let's just use, you know, I've got you on the phone, so I might as well use myself as an example. You know, mine, mine yeah. is just about to launch for the first time and it's been in beta for two months and, you know, been getting a lot of feedback from the 150 people that pre-purchased the product and it's about to go, you know, open to, uh, the public. And, um, uh, Part of me is like, I kind of know kind of what I'm going to do. I have my own plans, but um, I'm not sure where I would go to uh, learn what that is that you've mastered. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great question. Is so a, book? a few things. Is there a course? <laughs> For me, it's been a whole bunch of different things, which is not necessarily what anyone wants to hear when they're like, just tell me what I need to do. However, what has worked for me is I found one or two people that I really trust. And this is such a huge, huge thing I wish someone told me when I was starting out. And I have become a student of theirs. So for me, Marie Forleo has always been a great mentor and friend. Mm -hmm. So in, she does have a course, B-School, that she's promoted. I went through, I promote it myself now, that it teaches you kind of how to set up your online business. Not necessarily how to launch, but there's a component. So I started to learn about online marketing through that. But in addition, there's some books that I feel like are really great. Like a simple, simple book is um, Invisible Selling Machine by Ryan Dice. It's a fairly new book, but he talks about how to do like these mini funnels that I see as really, really simple launches mm -hmm. of an online training program, a service, a product, whatever. So I've become a student of different business books that I really like that actually tell me like what to write and when to write and how it should look. You know, um, Jeff Walker, Product Launch Formula. Sure, that yeah. was one that I thought was really good as well. So I take pieces. So what I've done is I've become a student of online marketing, like always, always learning. I take pieces of what works, what I think is really um, authentic for me and my personality and my business, and then I apply them. So I've become like, a mishmash of different ways to launch. But also I'll tell you this, when I first started launching the Profit Lab in 2012, it looked very different than it looks now. The launch looked different. Um, how I've done it looks different. But one thing has always stayed the same is webinars. So mm. for me, webinars are the way that I promote the free content, get people to really see what I can give them and what what's possible. And then I promote my program. That is the number one way I sell my program. I've been doing that since 2010 to be exact. So when you find your thing, like what works for you, I'm a huge per, a fan of no need to reinvent the wheel. Keep doing what's working and just refine it. 
Sure. I mean, like, all I've done is, um, like, I've found people that seem to be doing well, and I uh, subscribe, and then I just watch what happens. You know, when do I get this email? When does that email come in? When does that window open? Yes. When does this that's happen? exactly And it. just write it all down and decide to follow that, you know? Just study what's already working. Tony Robbins, the best, best thing he ever taught me was find the people that are doing the things you want to do and getting the success you want to get and model their strategies, not copy, but model what they're doing. And that's exactly what I've done and exactly what you're doing. I love it. Yeah, definitely. So the, the new, the, the new, uh, you mentioned your free content that you promote on your webinars and stuff like that. Is that, uh, your podcast and your, uh, quarterly, uh, big blog post? Um, or is there other stuff besides what's on your website, that is free and is not part of your course that you, you know, but that you, you give away in these webinars, but you don't, you know, it's not great easily question. accessible on your website. Yep. So what I do is this is such a great question because this has helped me immensely in terms of sales. So let's say I've got the profit lab and I know what the program is and it teaches you to create a marketing system using Facebook and there's seven steps involved. So what I do on my webinar is I create a webinar where I first need to make sure people believe certain things about their marketing. Like you, you need to believe you need a marketing system. You need to believe that Facebook does work, that it won't break the bank if you know how to use it. And you need to believe that there's no need for a bunch of bells and whistles on your marketing plan to see real results. So in the webinar, I'm talking about these core beliefs they need to have and giving them consequences and examples and, and telling them how it actually is very doable. And then I often show examples of the successes that I've had just to show them that it's real. Sure. And then I take them through the seven steps. So when you're creating a marketing system, here are the seven steps that are involved. Now, after my webinar, you can't go and do all seven steps by yourself. That would be way too confusing, but you can have the really strong understanding like, okay, I understand that and this and that I see where it all fits together. And my pitch is, if you want to do this and you want someone to hold your hand every step of the way and actually help you get these results, then join my program. I'll go into depth in each of these seven steps, show you examples, help you apply it and help you get results. Yeah. So it's fully aligned. I think everybody's webinar should teach, be full of value and be a hundred percent aligned with what they're selling. I mean, it's so crazy because I've done hundreds of podcast episodes. You know, I've made this whole course. It's all video, but I'm terrified of a webinar. I don't know why. You're I'm not like, alone. I, I'm like, I don't know what I would, I could repeat one of the videos of the course. I just don't know what I would say, even though I do a three times a week podcast that is often multiple hours in length. I mean, you would be I, so good at a webinar. I've never done one. And I guess, do I just uh, say, hey, I guess I'm just going to do a webinar, guys, if you want to show up. And and then what is it? Yeah, I don't know why I'm terrified of that for some reason. So many people are. And it feels like it's l usually live. So it feels very, very real. I remember my first webinar I did. I forgot to include a link to where to even buy my product at the end. There was just nothing there. Yeah. So like the mistakes we make feel very permanent because people are on. Yeah. Um, but the exact thing you just said, being nervous and not knowing what's involved. I am so, so passionate about webinars that I've de I've promised myself this year I'm creating a webinar program. I just have to because people like you would be so good on a webinar if you just knew what to put into it, how the flow should go, what the content should look like, the slides and all that, you'd kick butt. So just real quick, humor me for a second. 
your product that you're coming out with. Tell me just real quick what it is. Well, well, it's called Irresistible Podcasting, and it's an 11 module course teaching people how to launch and grow a podcast that can't be ignored. Perfect. All the technical, like how to start a podcast and what mic to get is all in there, but that's not really the focus. The gear is like, that's what everyone wants to know, but that doesn't matter. Like knowing why you're doing this and what result you want to have from your show is what's going to make it, uh, make it or break it, I think. Okay. So you just said something really important that the gear is what everyone wants to know. I remember when I was starting a podcast, that's all I cared about. I thought I had everything figured out except the gear, which is not true. We know. Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes I feel like the Profit Lab is a Trojan horse because what I give people in my webinar is how to create a marketing system using Facebook. I say it right there in the title, using Facebook. And the marketing plan talks about Facebook and how it's incorporated, or the webinar talks about Facebook and how it's incorporated. I give them what they want. I let them know how to use Facebook inside a marketing plan, what it looks like. And then I also make sure they understand, but there's more to this. If you want X, Y, and Z, you've got to expand. And so that's where the Profit Lab comes in. So for you, if you were to create a webinar you know, the five, um, I think, I know, I think I know what it would be because I've already, I've already, I already know that webinars are, are, it's a, it's a really great way to do this. And I think one of my most popular videos was the top three things that you must do before you start a podcast. And I've, I always thought those were just really common sense things that everyone knew. And then I would talk to people who've been podcasting for years and they didn't know that stuff. And it's directly related to, like how I've launched a podcast and had, you know, a hundred thousand downloads in the first three weeks. And so I think that's, I don't know, that's what I would think the webinar would be about is, is give away those three things. But then I think those three, those three things are kind of um, crucial. Should you give that away? You know? Yes. Yes. And yes. So a lot of the stuff that I teach inside my webinar, you could find inside the profit lab program, but at much more detail, specifics, yeah. cheat sheets, whatever. So, a hundred percent. You give, this is my rule of thumb. If I feel a little bit uncomfortable about the content I'm giving away in my webinar, I'm on track. Yeah. If I, if I don't feel that little, ah, oh, is this too much? It's not enough. It's, yeah. it's not good enough. So I think it's great that you feel that way. And yeah, go, go with those three things. If that was popular, really, you want people to walk away also feeling like, wow, I actually learned something and I could do something with that. Maybe not fully do something, but they feel empowered and you've got to make them feel that well, way. Well, I interrupted you though. Like what were, I'm curious to know what you were going to say. So I was thinking that if you went out with a webinar about, you know, the tools that you must have to start your webinar, they want the tools. So give it to them. And one thing that you're going to do is you go through, let's say the top five tools or whatever you get to weave in your core messaging and why you're so passionate about it and what really matters. Cause I can, I could teach people and I've done this before in a webinar, how to get more Facebook fans and I teach them how to do it. And then I say, but you want to know the real truth. It doesn't matter how many Facebook fans you have. If you don't have a plan to actually turn those fans into leads and those leads to customers. So let me tell you how to do that. Yeah. So now I've got them and then I could tell them more, but I think you should lead with the tools or at least try something like that. Or it sounds like you might already have something that you know will work, but give them what they want. What's that saying? I always get it wrong. Like, uh, give them what they want, tell oh, them what yeah. they need or yeah, something yeah. <laughs> like that. But that's my whole point there. About. I probably yeah. should get that saying right. Cause I really like it. No. Well, that that's interesting though. So you, yeah, I mean, did you just, was that sort of an off the cuff? I need to do a webinar program or are you seriously planning on that? 
a hundred percent. So it's all in books. I'm supposed to launch it in um, August, but when I say launch, like nothing like the profit lab, um, but it is on the books. It's something that people keep asking me for. And I, as you could hear in my voice, like I get really excited about webinars and I love when I meet people like you that I think would be excellent on webinars. You just need to know, you know, I like to teach people like there's one little secret I have for webinars and it's the final slide. The final slide that people see should have a countdown timer on it. You answer questions for 10 minutes, but it has the URL and it has testimonials and it has a picture of you. This final slide is what they see for the next 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And so that makes a difference. People wouldn't know that if they never did a webinar. So those are the things I like to talk about. I think the thing that most terrifies me, I don't know if other if you've ever felt this way, but even though I know that there's valuable content in the course and like I just told you, there's, you know, the stuff that I assume everyone knows people don't know, there's just some sort of deep-seated fear that um, this isn't very good, it's not very useful, like oh, am yeah. I really helping them, you know? It's fully believing in the thing that I'm selling, you know, which I probably shouldn't say in front of everyone listening. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean... These days, there's even days that I feel that way. That's, that's one of the fears that as long as you know, you're putting the effort into it, you know, the stuff, if you genuinely know that, yes, this is good stuff and they're going to get value. You've got to ignore that little, the little talker in your head because everybody feels it. Yeah. Is there anything that you know of that kind of encapsulates not just how to create an online course, but this is selling of it. I mean, making it's not hard, but then you get it done and it's like, how do I actually make a living from this? Like creating those systems and funnels. I don't know. Can you give me one that you think this is the best thing? Uh, the profit lab. <laughs> I mean, you kind of set me up. So I got to say it's truly for people that I have the saying, I got it from Brad Martineau, a sixth division, who is just a great guy. But he said, pursue fancy, or ah, I said it wrong, pursue simple, get fancy later. And so I love that because the profit lab is let's just do a simple sales funnel. That's what it is. I don't say sales funnel because my audience are, they're not thinking in terms of sales funnel yet. They're like, I need a marketing plan. And right. so a marketing plan sales funnel to me, I'm using it the same way, but the profit lab allows you to create a sales funnel from start to finish for your online training program so that you start seeing sales consistently, like every single day would be the best thing ever. And so then once you, I think everybody needs a sales funnel in their business. Once you have that set up, then you're more, you're ready for the more advanced bells and whistles, upsells, downsells, this and that, all that crazy stuff. Yeah. But when you don't have any of it, you're never going to do all of that. And so that's why I always say simple sales funnel, and then we'll move on to bells and whistles when you're ready. And that's what the profit lab is about. So I never promote when people don't ask me to, but I'm so sorry that one I had to throw out there. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, we've talked for an hour and I, I just still assumed that it was focused on, on Facebook, but I guess that's why you're changing it. And it's great that you asked me because if I've talked about it and it's still not really clear, I need to be very careful of that so people really understand. So you just gave me a gift. So thank you for nice. that. <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. This this has definitely been the most um, sort of technical or tactics involved episode that I've done. But uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I was, I'm really, I really like the stuff that you do. And Thanks for taking the time to uh, share some of it and give me some specific advice. Well, thank you for having me and good luck with your course. I'm crossing my fingers for you, rooting you on over here. <laughs> and um, again, this has been fantastic. Appreciate it. Well, 
that's it. That's the show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Amy for being on the show. And thanks to Harvest for being a sponsor of this podcast. I greatly appreciate that. And I am very grateful to you guys for listening through the last 59 episodes. We've got one more before I take a break from this show. So that'll come out on Friday. Check back for that. And also on Friday, check out irresistiblepodcasting.com because that'll be the homepage for the new stuff that I'm going to be launching and working on over the next month or two while I take a break from this show and record more conversations. This show will come back, but uh, I'm just taking a break while I'm launching this new stuff, getting it off the ground, and record some more conversations that I can then release for you guys. Check out the show notes of this episode for all the stuff that Amy and I talked about, links to her course, and all that stuff is at avclark.com slash 59. There's a lot in there, I know. So check that out if you want to. And as always, thanks for listening. I hope you're having a great week, and I will see you next time. I don't know. I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at?